Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings and it is Thursday, the 14th of July. And as always, this is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. And if you need to, you can always pause the slideshow here and read our disclaimer in full. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, you can head on over to the marcustoday.com.au website at your leisure and read the disclaimer there. And of course, there's lots of other goodies on the website as well. Plus, of course, if you're not a member and you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple, wherever you are in this wonderful world of ours, you can sign up for a free two-week trial, of course. All right, well, of course, it was a big night last night in the US markets. 9.1% was the headline number from CPI. So all those thoughts that maybe things were moderating in the US dissipated very, very quickly. And we have seen inflation in the US, 9.1%, highest in 41 years. No sign of it abating, although when you look beneath the surface, the core CPI number has been falling. And with petrol prices also down uh, considerably, or at least in relative terms, over the last few weeks, that is certainly going to be helping. But we are seeing entrenched food price inflation and housing and rent and costs of housing increasing. So that is somewhat of a worry. As a result of all this, the Dow swooned and rallied and then swooned. Uh, We had the Dow closing down 209 points or 0.67%, 30,773. It did have a relatively meagre range really for such a big number for that CPI number. We had a low of 467 points down and a high of pretty much flat down two points. So closing pretty much in the middle of that trading range last night. But there were some big, big moves, uh, that is for sure. And uh, we saw the Nasdaq down only a mere 17 points or 0.15%, 11,248. The S&P 500, as always, in the middle for Diddle, down 0.45%, 17 points, 38.02. Clinging to that 3,800 level, uh, the VIX index slightly eased. 1.72%, 1.72%, better the devil you know than the better you the devil you don't know, it appears, with people selling off some of their hedges against that CPI number. But what we have seen in the past, and what is a concern, I guess, for our markets going forward, is that we have seen these uh, CPI number on other major economic numbers like uh, rates increasing uh, in the US, and then a reaction to it that day, and then a following day, a much greater reaction as things have settled and sunk in a little bit. As a result of all this, we saw SPY futures down four points or 0.06%. So nothing very exciting to get us out of our winter stupor at the moment. 65.15 on SPY futures. So not very exciting there. Looking at commodities though, we had the oil price pretty much unchanged. Eight cents higher for Brent crude, 99.57. Still below 100 though, so that's some good news. The WTI price was up 46 cents or 0.48 of a percent to 96.30. The gold price doing well today, up 0.62%, 10.7, $10.70, 1735.50. And we saw the iron ore price also better, 1.91%, 2.07 of a dollar, $2.07, up to 110.26. Other metals not really doing very much, I have to say. We had copper down 0.16, nickel down 0.8. Aluminium unchanged, 
Zinc was the big mover down 3.5%. Lead up 1%. Tin down around 0.9%. As a result of this, we saw BHP up 0.2 of a percent in ADRs. Rio doing better up 1.5%. Freeport McMoran up half a percent. Alcoa up three little ducks 2.22%. Tech up 3.8%. Anglo down 1.7%. Glencore down 0.9%. Vale up 06 and Arbamal pretty much unchanged there. Here you can see the S&P 500, a bit of a swoon, a bit of a rally, and then uh, tailing off towards the end. But it was a big night. 9.1 is a big, big number for the US, but the Fed will take some heart from the fact that the core inflation rate has been slipping for three straight reads. So that is helping matters in the US as well. Uh, so that is doing a little bit better for them. We did see the uh, the US dollar index down 0.11%. So that was possibly why we saw the gold price push up a little bit, a little bit of dollar weakness. But we are seeing now thoughts turning to maybe a 100 basis point hike after that inflation rate. Now, Bank of Canada last night did raise their interest rates by 1% to 2.5% which coincidentally is what the New Zealand RBNZ did yesterday. They raised their rates by half a percent, though, but still at 2.5% headline rate. So Bank of Canada and the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, both at 2.5%. Now, the question is, what is considered the neutral rate? Now, in the old days, you would have thought the neutral rate would have been an interest rate above or at least close to the rate of inflation thereby affecting a neutral rate. Now, economists now are calling a neutral rate around 2.5%, which is above, or in the mean, or in the middle, rather, of the 2 to 3% guide that central banks around the globe like to see inflation at. So that is now considered by some, not all, as the neutral rate, 2.5%. Bear in mind the ECB has a rate of 0%, well, not even 0%, still a slight negative, then they have a long way to go. Uh, we, of course, have a little bit further to go than uh, some of the others. The US and um, here is a little bit behind the eight ball if that 2.5% really is the neutral rate. But major stories last night. Stocks buckle under the hot CPI as hawkish bets surge. So there is now that 75 basis points is pretty much locked in for the US rate hike this July, but uh, this next meeting. But uh, we do have people now talking about that 1% rate rise. And the IMF has lowered US GDP growth forecast for a second time in less than a month, citing systemic risks from inflation. And let's face it, the IMF is hardly the most august body when it comes to economic forecasting anyway. They seem to be pinned the tail on the donkey most of the time. Strategists warn not to ignore signaling from curve inversion, which, of course, is showing the probability of a recession at around 35% by the end of 2023. Now, it's only halfway through 2022. So, there we go. There's a 35% chance, according to the yield curve, that we'll see a recession by the end of 2023. Given the events of the last three years, Hard to predict, really, given COVID and the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Let's face it, anything could happen in the next year or so. G20 finance ministers on uh, to tackle soaring prices, sovereign debt defaults and soft landing for the economies. I suspect the uh, 
discussion with the Russian finance minister will be an interesting one. And the UK economy has returned to growth, aided by healthcare and travel rebound. Mind you, looking at the travel disaster that is UK at the moment, I'm really looking forward to my UK trip coming up. Uh, Heathrow Airport has had to constrain the number of departures to 100,000 a day. Currently, they're running at about 120,000 a day. So there's going to be 20,000 people that aren't going to be flying on the day they think they're going to be flying on. This is because they can't get luggage handlers, they can't get security staff, and from anecdotal stories from friends of mine that are travelling in Europe, it is an absolute fiasco in European airports at the moment. So uh, if you're travelling to Europe... Good luck, as I am. And the uh, Richmond's Fed Barkin open to 50 or 75 basis point right hike in July sees inflation and the economy softening. Villaroy says the ECB watching impact of euro rate on inflation. The Bank of England Governor George uh, Governor Andrew Bailey rather pledges to return inflation to target. Note scope to tighten more aggressively. And South Korea yesterday also raised interest rates by 50 basis points as the biggest tightening since current system implemented in 1999. And U.S. dividend payouts on pace for record this year, though some say the outlook for dividend growth is tricky. And the IEA says oil supply crisis shows some sign of easing, market walking a tightrope between scarce supply and recession risk. It is not just scarce supply which is the issue. Of course, Joe Biden at the moment in the Middle East, talking to the Saudis, amongst others, about uh, increasing their supply. But one of the real problems with the whole oil story is refining capacity, which has been run down over the years. And really, there hasn't been the investment in the refiners, especially in the US, to cope with the surging demand coming out of COVID. What to expect today? Well, we've got June Labour Force report set to be released today at 1130 Market expectations for employment growth of about 30,000 in June. Over in European markets, the stocks 50 was down 1%, FTSE down 0.7, CACs down 0.7, DAX down 1.2%. In 10-year yields, though, in the US, they fell last night, 2.91%. Australia, 2.38%. Germany is pretty steady at 1.14%. That Bank of Canada, bearing in mind the Canadian economy, is relatively similar to our own. They have a similar kind of problems being a resource-based economy. Theirs is more oil and gas, ours is more coal and iron ore. But they lifted their rates by 1% to 2.5%. question is, is that the neutral rate? And the U.S. is not looking at secondary sanctions on Russian oil buyers. And the ANZ is facing a little bit of pushback on its potential $4 billion plus acquisition of MYOB from private equity. I think there's a golden rule, really. You shouldn't buy too much from private equity. Uh, They're very good at getting the best price possible for private equity and not the best price for the buyer. So ANZ may have to play a little bit more hardball. This one's interesting. Rex was in a trading hall yesterday, and it may buy a business called Cobham Aviation Services, which is a fly-in, fly-out business. Now, this has implications I suspect, for the Qantas takeover of Alliance Aviation, which again is another fly-in, fly-out business, charter air business, mainly focused on the mining industry and a little bit of tourism as well. Currently, Qantas is offering $4.75 in Qantas shares rather than cash for AQZ. So that could have ACCC implications. Uh, The ACCC certainly would look upon Rex buying Cobham 
and uh, that would uh, be interesting given Qantas is buying Alliance or trying to. Alex Weislitz says, market close to the bottom. When a billionaire speaks, you have to listen. So it's always good to get a view from Alex, who has been uh, seriously embedded with the technology story in Australia and has continued to buy uh, TEK, which is the uh, Thorny Technology Fund. And three super funds looking to buy a large stake in TPG. There are Big stake at the moment up for grabs, potentially with Vodafone, Hutchinson and David Teo now allowed to sell as those uh, shares that were the result of the takeover two years ago are now out of escrow. And Bega Cheese has put out an update today, interesting update as well. Uh, provided forecast earnings guidance for FY 2022, normalised EBITDA in the range of 175 to 190. They see no reason to change that and they are at the moment at least, being able to pass on the cost pressures that they are seeing on their side to wholesale and retail customers. So they're passing through that inflation to retail and wholesale customers. Interesting. As far as our market goes today, well, we do have the SPY down four points. I would imagine we'll see a little bit of strength in some of the commodities. Uh, We did see that iron ore price up, the gold price up as well. So we may see a little bit of strength in commodities. All eyes will be on the US banks, which kick off their reporting season tonight. We had the likes of Apple down 0.3%. Google was a big one, down 2.3%. Amazon up 1.1%. They had their prime day uh, the last couple of days. Netflix up one2 Twitter had a 7.9% rise last night. Block was down 1.3%, and uh, the banks in the US, which are kicking off reporting tonight, a little bit easier, so we may see the similar thing in our banking sector. It was slightly easier yesterday, uh, so we may see a little bit of um, of easing there, but I'm not sure the market's going to take any great comfort or conviction from the US CPI. And as we have seen in the past, the first day reaction to a big announcement, whether it's a rate hike or a... Um, CPI number sometimes sometimes can be the wrong reaction. So it'll be interesting to see the market tonight, especially given those results coming through. As far as question of the day goes, there is no alternative. That has been the mantra for so long. Tina, as we have said, for equities, there is no alternative. But now there are potentially alternatives So have you looked at any of the alternatives to equities to build wealth? I won't take housing because I think most investors have diversified away from equities with a little bit of housing exposure, uh, however they can do that. But have you looked at alternatives to equities to build wealth? Well, that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to the Facebook discussion group as always. Love to hear your thoughts, ideas and insights there. And if you're listening to this on a podcast and you want more gloriousness on Podcast City, then you can head to the Market Strategy Podcast, which is our fly-on-the-wall market uh, morning meeting. And uh, there is plenty of ideas coming out of that. Don't forget, that is going to be going behind the paywall on the beginning of August. So if you're not yet a member and you enjoy the Market Strategy Podcast and you get a lot out of it from the beginning of August you will have to be a member to access that one. On the Desk podcast with the team in Melbourne, uh, talking all things finance, and my On the Couch podcast, where last week I talked to Julian McCormack from Platinum Asset Management, really interesting guy, with a quite a bearish take on the market, and I would urge people to have a listen to that, because Julian uh, does talk a lot of sense. He could be wrong, he could be right, he may be crazy. 
but uh, it's certainly worth a listen to give another point of view to that one. Uh, the On the Couch will remain free, as will the market update ones uh, for the time being, but the Market Strategy podcast will be behind the paywall in a couple of weeks' time. So if you enjoy that, sign up as a member. But that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. Happy Bastille Day to all our French friends out there. That's it. Have a great day, and may the trading gods be with you. <laughs>